0: Um, uh, one of the things I want to talk about, John, is uh, your work with people and, and turning them into leading authorities. I, I think the newer term for that now is influencers, right? S- seems to be
1: headed that way for sure. I, I think it depends on who you talk to.
0: Yeah, it's, I, there's a lot of ground noise because of these influencer studies that are coming out. Is that something that, that you're gearing your clients towards, or how does it work? How do they actually
1: get to be an
0: influencer like that?
1: Well, that's a great question, because I think a lot of people just think of it in terms of the size of the audience that someone has. And that's really not correct. It's actually how valuable they are to that audience. Uh, well you know, someone can be influential to a hundred people and maybe have a better impact with that than someone who's got an audience of you know hundred thousand people, uh, but maybe you know not quite as influential to them. Uh, so I think it comes back to really uh, you know positioning yourself as someone who's providing value and being helpful to, to your audience rather than just someone who uh, again you know maybe has a big platform but is focused more on selling rather than helping.
0: Yeah, as I think through it too, I'm thinking, what are they influencing? Are they influencing a purchasing decision? Are they influencing something else? What do you consider an
1: influencer? Yeah, in my opinion, uh, you know, just sp- speaking for myself, it's someone who people look to, as we talked about a moment ago, sort of as an authority. Meaning, if I'm, let's say, for example, I'm in the market to you know buy or sell a house. Who is it that I turn to for guidance? Who is it not necessarily that I turn to to just immediately sell me on, you know, their services, but who do I look for to get answers on? Is the market strong and what are interest rates and all those kind of things? Like who has the information? And to me, that's what actually makes someone a more effective influencer. It's not that they can just sell a lot of their products or services, although you know, that's obviously a part of it. It's that they are a resource for their audience. It's the person they can turn to and say, OK, if I need sales help, I need to you know, pay attention to what this guy is you know, publishing. If I need you know, email marketing help, I need to go pay attention to what this guy is publishing. To me, that's the sign of a good influencer.
0: So as a company, if I'm looking around to see who's influencing my industry, how am I going to find that out?
1: It's a great question. I I think the first thing that I would do is start paying attention to who your audience is interacting with, uh, because I think that Mm -hmm. can be an effective thing. I'll give you a quick example of this for for my own business is that I uh, get a lot of questions from clients and my audience in general, you know, Facebook fans, Twitter followers, things like that about email marketing. It's a subject I know about, but I'm by no means, you know, an expert on it. And so I was speaking at an event and I met a gentleman named DJ Waldo, who was very much an expert on email marketing. And I had noticed how many of my followers were interacting with him, Mm -hmm. you know, retweeting his blog post, you know, asking him questions, paying attention. And I thought, here's a guy that I need to know because, I can put him in front of my audience and it's helpful for him. It's helpful for them. And obviously then that's going to help me. And so I was able to, you know, establish a good relationship and ultimately actually, you know, a really good friendship with DJ, uh, you know, because of that. And of course he's returned the favor. And so he's interviewed me for his audience and, you know, and those things, uh, you know, on some topics that maybe I know a little bit more about. Uh, So I think that's the thing is you just start to first pay attention to, Who's your audience talking to? Who are your customers talking to? I, I think that sometimes becomes a, a more effective way of looking at it. And the cool thing about this, Mark, is that the internet makes it so easy for us to do this now. In the past, it was you know virtually impossible. Today, we can do this just by you know sitting at our computer.
0: Yeah, I'd have to verify that. I know that uh, you and I speak at a lot of conferences. I mean, literally hundreds. And one of the things that started happening several years ago is we would meet people in the physical world that we had had daily conversations with online, (laughs) Uh, you know, to the point where people started wearing shirts with their Twitter handle on it because that's how we recognized each other.
1: That's exactly right. It's it's a cool but also weird feeling uh, when you arrive in a town to speak at an event and at the airport, someone has already written you on Twitter saying, hey you know, I, I'm here as well, let's share a cap. And you, you're, you're almost very comfortable doing that because like you said, it's probably someone that you've actually talked to for, for, me for a long time. Uh, the, the most extreme example I can think of with this is uh, another uh, wonderful uh, marketer and influencer online is Scott Stratton, and uh, he's the author of Unmarketing. And he uh, and I had become friends, I think it was like 2007, 2008, like, you know, the earlier days of Twitter. And, of course, not only did we, you know, communicate regularly online, but we did exchange, you know, emails, phone calls and and those type of things. But we had never met face to face until uh, he was coming to Nashville to speak at an event. And I said, well, you have to stay at my house. And he was like, sure thing, no problem. And so he stayed at my house for several days. And it was the first time I had met him, you know, picking him up at the airport. That was the first time. But like you said, it, it didn't seem that way. Because we had actually talked to each other for years.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I've had that experience too. And I, uh, I landed in Dubai uh, late at night one night. And I had to put out the word I was going to be there with some people. It was transitioning when we were going down to speak in Africa. And there was like six people that met us at the airport and took us out <laughs> to dinner during the layover. And showed us around Dubai. And then we got back on the plane at 3 o'clock in the morning. Um, it, it's astounding. It's astounding what the network can do, which leads me to uh, another topic that I want to cover is that are you seeing more and more that influencers are forming their own influencer networks, meaning they're starting to group into niche groups and the influencer community itself is starting to network between itself?
1: Yeah, absolutely, I've seen it. I don't know how much of that is you know, a strategy or that they're doing it on purpose or how much of it is just happening naturally uh, because certain people, you know, have different things in common, uh, you know. So as you you know, know as well, like, you know, when you go and speak at events, you know, and you're networking with the other speakers, there's certain ones that you just run into all the time. <laughs> you know, you, you do become, you know, old friends and things. And, and so sometimes that stuff happens naturally and, and you then you see exactly what you said, they're sharing the same people's content over and over. It's like there's this inner circle, and they they support each other, and I think that's wonderful. Uh, but that of course makes it harder for the outsiders to get into that space. Uh, but like I said, I'm not sure how much of it happens naturally, and, and compared to how much of it is a you know a strategy for them. I certainly know that with myself. Um, you know, I, I've got friends and clients in the industry that I, I just you know. I just bump into more often than most. And I'm probably guilty of sharing their content and things more often than I do others, simply because there's the trust there, there's the relationship there, and also it's a habit. You know, the, the
0: trust is the big part of that, isn't it? If, if I keep running into you at, a, uh, at conferences on the circuit, and we've had discussions, then I can start to know whether or not I can trust your opinion or not. And it's huge.
1: That's right. And in such a world where we are connecting online with so many people, we underestimate exactly what you said of that trust of knowing, okay, I can refer someone to this person. I can recommend them to someone because you know that it's going to be good. (laughs) You know, because you know that. It is a big, big difference. I have had... um, People come to me, and I'm sure you've got this as well, when they'll say, we're looking for a speaker for an event, you know, who who should we hire? And I've got clients that are speakers, I've got a lot of friends that are speakers, but the first person that sometimes pops in my mind is uh, Bob Berg, uh, author of The Go-Giver, because Bob and I have spoken at like nine events together. You know, not right. plan, yeah, but yeah. just, you know, and, and it's funny because every time it's like either he goes on right before me or I go on right before him. So I've seen him speak so many times, you know, and, and so there's that trust factor there of I know exactly what they're going to get with him, And so I can more uh, confidently recommend it than I can someone else that maybe I've seen once or maybe I've only seen it online on a video.
0: Michael Wu talks about that a lot. I don't know if you know Michael from Lithium Technologies. He's their chief analytical scientist. And one of the things that he talks about a lot is strong ties versus weak ties. And it's the idea that we get a core group of people around us, which is a finite number, by the way, that we trust, we develop the relationships with. And the weaker ties that are farther away from the hub, farther away from the center of the circle... Uh, aren't influenced as much
1: that that's so true i mean i i I don't know him but i think that's absolutely correct uh we see that happening like you said earlier in multiple industries
0: yeah the the influencer thing i keep coming back to that i know that uh, when we talked earlier uh, before I turn the recorder on, I said I wanted to stay with the influencers a bit. Where do you see that going in the future here? We've got, I think there really is a momentum for for companies that are looking for influencers or trying to engage influencers. how What are you saying to your clients about that?
1: Yeah, well, th- there's two things they have to be prepared for. Like you said, the, the the movement and the shift is happening. It's growing. It's growing at a rapid pace. So it's going to be harder than ever to get those people's attention. You know, f- first of all, because everybody wants it. You yeah. Know? yeah. And, and, and so you're going to have to get creative and, and and you know be prepared to do something different. And then the second thing is it's going to be patient. Uh, you know, I, I think people sometimes, uh, you, you know, don't, you know, and, and you and I don't even want to admit how long we've been doing this, right? That sometimes people they see those relationships and they think, oh, that happened quickly, and it it didn't, right? You know, it, right. this stuff does happen, uh, you know, over time. And so um, I have actually seen people, you know, uh, you know, tweet someone, uh, you know, who's like an influencer, you know, wanting to get them to respond. Maybe they get them to respond one time, and then they immediately come to them and say, will you share my blog post? And it's like, you know, wow, like there's no, there's no relationship there. <laughs> you know, you you didn't take your time on that. And so I think that's the problem is sometimes people are approaching with that selfish thing of here's what this influencer can do for me, rather than thinking, what can I do for the influencer? How can I help them? Because that will get you on, on someone's radar. I, I remember uh, speaking at an event one time, and I, I remember it was Houston, Texas, and it was 2006, and the reason I remember that is because of how rare uh, this situation that I'm about to tell you is. I I get off stage, I had someone come up to me, and they said, how can I help you? And I almost fell over. Because usually, as you know, they're coming up and they're saying, that was great, here's my business card. Right, right. Like, as though that's what we want, right? (laughs) You know, to, to hear about them. And this person said, how can I help you? And the truth is, Mark, I didn't need anything. There was nothing they could do at that time to help me. But The fact that that was their approach, I wanted to help them.
0: It's interesting, Jeff Deverter from Rackspace, he and I are very close. Uh, We talk a lot, but he said that to me out of the blue um, when I ran into him in Las Vegas a couple months ago. And it really does have an emotional effect, doesn't
1: it? Yeah, it does because it's so different. (laughs) You're not (laughs) expecting it, which is uh, you know probably sad. Uh, But yeah, it it does have that effect. And and I think you said something really important there of an emotional effect. Like I said, when this person asked me that, I I just stopped. I was a deer in headlights. You know, and and they were you know it was awkward for a few seconds as I just didn't even respond. I wanted to hug them. I thought (laughs) I'm just going to have to you know give this person a hug, and I don't hug anybody. But it was just so refreshing. That that was their approach rather than, you know, let me give you my card. Let me tell you about what we do. You know, I appreciate that. I know what people are trying to do. But again, we have to stop and think, Okay, wait a minute. What is everyone else doing? How can I do something different? And when we change our philosophy of if I'm going to connect with an influencer, how do I get their attention? Well, I'll tell you, Mark, and I know you've seen this as well. The best way to get an influencer's attention is to promote them you know if you're constantly helping them and you're constantly you know helping their business or encouraging them and you have that patience you are absolutely going to get on their radar
0: well the dilemma there john is that i have people try to do that to me and if somebody automatically reposts everything that i do they automatically share everything that i do they automatically
1: retweet what i do that's kind of obvious isn't it well you know you're exactly right And, and that you know, I, I'm glad you brought that up because just doing that probably worked years ago, but it doesn't today because of exactly what we were talking about. It's getting so big now. There's so much noise out there. You know, now it's got to be, you know, different. Uh, you, you get those, uh, any blogger listening to this will, will certainly relate that if you're a blogger, you get people who will write you wanting to write a guest post for you. And they'll always say, you know, I really you know love your work. And I wrote someone back one time, just kind of being a jerk, but also just out of curiosity, I said, y- you know, t- tell me a post that you loved. And they couldn't. <laughs> and all they would have had to do was just Google my blog and just grab one, right? Like, they didn't have to read it. Like They could have lied to me, and, you know, and it would have taken them you know, two seconds. Yet they literally wrote me back, and they were like, well, I can't think of one post specifically that I like. And I'm thinking, you know, well, then, you know, there's a great example, you you know, and and, and so it's just it's an interesting thing. And so uh, let's let's give an action strategy for people. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of just saying, hey, you know, I I, I like your presentation. I like your book or I like this blog post. Tell that influencer what you liked about it. That really stands out when you say, hey, here's the takeaway or even better. The ultimate thing is to tell them how you applied it and what results you got. You know, that stays on your radar. That's wonderful. Uh, Yeah. You know, that's the I I did a a Ustream show uh, many years ago and uh, a a gentleman watching who I did not know. um, I just live critiqued his website. Right. You know, on Ustream. Right. Just a 10 minute kind of a thing. The next morning he sent me an email and all the changes had been done. (laughs) <laughs> and, and, and I was blown away, right? Well, not only then did later he become a client of mine, but to this day he's a very close friend of mine, and, and we talk, you know, almost weekly now. And it all started. He got my attention because he took action. And again, you know, as you and I know, sadly, that's kind of rare, right? Right? But instead of him just writing me saying, "I really enjoyed your UStream, you know, broadcast," or "Thanks for the tips," or you know, any of that stuff, which would have been fine. He took, you know, up a level, right? Instead, he said, let me really show you my appreciation. I'm going to implement this stuff and send you the results.
0: Wow, that's... You know, and, and, and that
1: that stands out.
0: That That is a, a really nice, I mean, you call it an action
1: item. I mean, that's just smart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it really... And let me uh, fill all the listeners in on... That person then uh, about 30 to 45 days later sent me another email uh, with, you know, what the results had gotten in terms of sales since he made the changes. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, again, I'm impressed on on this. And then he says, um, I'm going to record a video testimonial for you. And, and you know, at this point now, if this guy comes to me and says, I got a question or I need some help, uh, of course I am. Right. I feel indebted to him, you know, uh, in this. sense. so it's just it's one of those things of, you know being genuine about the people that you're building relationships with and being you know, doing it in a very authentic and real way but like i like i said and like, like you're saying don't just retweet their stuff don't just share it on facebook and don't just say i really enjoyed that post tell the person why because these people out here who are creating content it's not easy you know they're striving to do it they create it with that hope That someone reads it. I heard Seth Gooden one time say that uh, he always appreciates it when someone comes up to him and says that, you know, such and such a book of his is their favorite, but he loves it when they follow up by telling him why it's their favorite. You know, and I've never forgotten that. And and so I think that we should do that. I try to do that, by the way, because I'm still trying to connect to different influencers. I'm always paying attention to different people that maybe I need to build a relationship with. And certainly if if they create something, if I heard them speak, if I read a book or whatever, and it really did have an impact on me, then I, I try to remember that of not just telling them that I liked it, not just telling them that I'm a fan, but, you know, explaining why what that content meant to me, what it did to my business or what it did to my life. That's the kind of stuff that they remember later.
0: That, that's extremely powerful, John. I mean, I appreciate that one because I've been struggling with that question in general. It's like, how would I like to be approached? And what you just said makes makes
1: sense. Yeah, you know, I mean, l- l- let's think about it. If someone heard you speak, And then a year later, you're at another event and they come up to you and they said, you know, Mark, I heard you speak before in, you know, Los Angeles or, you know, whatever. And you were great. You love that. You love hearing that. You appreciate that. But if they then said, since I heard you speak, let me tell you the three things that have changed in my business. Now you're having a conversation with them and it's a deep one, (laughs) right? Now they get to talk to you about their business and tell you what they do. Without just coming up and saying, "Here's my business card. Let me tell you what we do."
0: Well, you know what, John, this this sounds like an article.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it should be. Maybe it should
0: be. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 incredible. That that's really because I have not thought in those terms before. I do it for other people, but I I don't because, like you said, it's so far and few between. I don't even consider people doing it for me.
1: <laughs> well, th- th- that's right. And again, you know, that that's the thing that. Um, that's kind of sad is there's a lot of us out there and we have people we appreciate their work I actually have by the way I' I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm guilty of this I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm you know have perfected this but I've got a, a stack of books here on my desk that I have read each one of these books probably two or three times and I have them here because I think I need to leave a review. For, for the author, like, because that will help them out a lot. And, you know, instead of just, te- you know, recommending it to friends or, you know, just silently sitting here and being a fan, I need to let them know what this book has done for me. You know, I, I need to do that because, again, it, it means the world to them. But then also, uh, like we're saying, I get on their radar in a very legitimate way, uh, you know, because of that. And now we can have a dialogue and we can have this conversation, and who knows where that will lead. You know, and, and that's what's powerful. And if I'm, let's talk about if you're a big business, right? Or, or maybe even you're an employee or something like that. What you now have to do is not put up walls that keeps people from being able to tell you their success stories. You know, we, we see this a lot, like, especially on TV, a lot of the info products and stuff that are sold, you know, on infomercials and things like that. If you go to their their website, there's no place to submit a testimonial. Mm-hmm. You know, it's insane. And here, here's the sad part about this, Mark, is let's look at the, the weight loss industry. There's, of course, you know, a million products out there. But if I'm somebody and I lost 80 pounds using a product, I want to come to them and say, check out these pictures. You know, I looked like crap. Now I look awesome. <laughs> you know, whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to, you, know, sh- you know, sing their praises from the rooftops. But most of those businesses don't even make it easy to do that. They don't make it easy to have that conversation with people. They're not approachable. And that's the problem is so I think if you were in, if you are an influencer, you need to be open to, to, to letting people approach you. If you're trying to connect with those influencers, the ways we've just talked about, I think, is one of the best ways to do it. So let's end on that, John. How can people contact you? Where, where are you to be found? Sure. Well, my blog is com. Uh, and, and, of course, they can email me through there or, you know, whatever. I respond to all emails and, and that good stuff. Or they can follow me on Twitter, which is twitter.com uh, forward slash John Morgan.
0: And you've got a really popular book on Amazon right now.
1: I, I do. I'm the author of Brand Against the Machine, which is uh, one of Amazon's top rated marketing books. I'm very, very proud to say. And uh, that has been a certainly, a, you know, a fun ride.
0: That, that's great. John, really good to talk to you. We need to do this again.
1: Absolutely, Mark. Thank you so much for having me on. This was a blast. And uh, absolutely, I will come back and do this anytime. Great. Thanks.